This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge number two, and I'm here speaking on the level with Eddie McIntyre. Eddie, why don't we start out by having you give us your full name, the name of your home blue lodge, and any offices or titles you have connected to that lodge. Okay, my original lodge it has merged into... I, I, come, I was raised in Paradise Valley 61, which merged with Silver Trial 29, and now we're Paradise Valley Silver Trial number 29. And in... And what's your full name? Edward Demarest McIntyre. Edward Demarest McIntyre. Yes, sir. I like that. Wow. And you were, your home lodge is PDST, as you explained, merged. And do you have an office here? I'm the marshal. I have been the marshal for about 14 years. And I got to see you act as a marshal last month. You were a Marine, correct? Tell me about being Marshall. You, you you obviously have put a lot of work and thought into that. I watched your footwork, the way you did it. Tell me about being Marshall. Well, I I like it. I I was very fond of a brother Mason uh, named Herb Gollop, and he was he was our Marshall. He did a little different than I did, but I just took a liking to him. When he passed when he passed away years ago, I tried to take over from him and. I've, I'm always open to try to improve it. I know a fellow from Pennsylvania told me that what I was doing wrong, he said he liked the military way that I did it, but he said, why are you pledging, why are you saying the Pledge of Allegiance? And I told him, I said, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And he said, no, when you're presenting the flag, when you carry the flag, you are the flag. And flags don't talk. Interesting. So that's why, I, on his advice, uh, that's why I stand there solid and I don't bow my head nor do I do the pledge. It's, you are one with the flag. They say I am the flag. That's, right. That was his description, and that's why I did that. One of the things I noticed was you have a very military-like snap to your steps, your turns, I tried age 82. I, did. I lost a lot of I'll try to hang on to as much as I can. No, but I noticed you do. You have a very deliberate. When you get up from your seat, you turn. When you all your turns are very deliberate, and I can tell you put a lot of thought into it. I guess. Well, to me, it's an honor. It really is. It's an honor to carry that flag. How? Uh, when were you in the Marines? I went in 19. 50, February 5th, uh, 1953, and I got off active duty in February 1956, and I did about nine more years in the reserves. I, I didn't stay around for a pension, but I I got the bug. You got the bug enough that it stuck with you? <laughs> oh, Semperfly is a terminal disease. You never, you never, <laughs> never get it out of your system. Semperfly. Is that what they call you, devil dogs? Oh, yeah, that, that came from Germany. Came from Germany, okay, all right. Germans call us Diefelhunds, hounds from hell. Hounds from hell. That's where they came from. Do you remember when you first heard of this thing called Freemasonry? Well, my uh, my father and my grandfather were both Masons. Okay. And it's odd because my father left us, and I was very bitter about him leaving. And I really didn't want to have anything to do with anything associated with him. How old was he? How old were you when he left you? About nine. Nine, okay. But when I got 
when my interest started to really kindle, I used to own a tavern here in Phoenix. I had it for 36 and a half years. And uh, back then it was out in the middle of the desert and there wasn't many places to go. And the the fellows from the old Paradise Valley 61 Lodge used to come in after lodge meetings, the master and all of them, and they really impressed me. They were all, they had a good time, they loosened up, but they were never drunk, they were never vulgar, I never had a single problem with them. But when I asked them, I, I said, how do you get in there? I said, I, I think I'd kind of like to be a mason. And, and some of them said, oh, you said the right thing, you know, all you got to do is be, all you got to do is ask. And then one old fellow that was a little wiser than the rest of them, he was their tiler, an old gentleman by the name of Art Schneider. He said, we think you'd make a fine mason. We'd love to have you. But he said, we can't take your petition because it'll, it'll be rejected and that'll hurt you later. At that time, this was back in the 60s, at that time there was a law, there was a law in the Arizona Grand Lodge that if you had any connection with the alcoholic beverage, whether it was ownership, bartending, selling, retail, anything to do with alcoholic beverages, you could not be a master mason. Wow. And I almost owned the bar. And I, I could not join. I kind of had a chip on my shoulder for, for a while. Because I'd see a guy, I'd see a guy that maybe, I thought maybe he had a vulgar mouth, or maybe he might just happen to have a dolly on the side. And I'd think, well, how come that so-and-so can wear that Masonic ring? I can't. I mean, you know, and I resented it. And to make a long story short, in July of... 1971, the the guys got that law changed. They they rescinded that law, and the fellows came from Grand Lodge right to Eddie's Tavern, which was my place, handed me a petition. (laughs) Here I am. That's cool. That's cool. And that was Paradise Valley 61. Your name tag still says Paradise Valley Lodge number 61. Well, yeah, that's just an old one. I still (laughs) hang on to it. So what you what year was that? Uh, that was I was raised in. Let's see, I I, I was uh, had my entered apprentice degree in December of '71, and I I'm not sure when I was passed, but I was raised to the sublime degree of Master Mason on February the 23rd, 1972. 72. Wow. So you're a few years from hitting your 50-year mark here. Yeah, I don't know whether I'll make it. I got a pretty late start, but <laughs> but still, you've been in uh, uh, 40. I don't know what 44 years. I can't do my yeah, math. Yeah, I took a I took a like a 20-year sabbatical. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. I I didn't. My membership wasn't interrupted. I sent my check in, but I kind of ran into a fork in the road. I, I joined another organization the same time I joined Masonry. It, it's a congressionally chartered veterans group called the Marine Corps League. And it wasn't that I preferred one over the other, but I felt a greater need. The, there was plenty of guys going up through the, the chairs in lodge, and they, they just seemed like they needed me more in the Marine Corps League. And, and I went with them 
for 20 years, I went on every level all the way up to the top office in the country. I was like the Pope for for the Marine Corps order. The Marine Corps League, yeah. Marine Corps League. I was National Commandant in 1985. Wow. And how I got back into Lodge, I mean, I, I never stopped being a Mason. You know, I always communicated with brothers and enjoyed the company, but I just didn't attend Lodge. I always had an excuse not to go. But how I got coming back, they called me in. They called me in to present me with a 25-year pin. They stood me up in front of the lodge, and they were telling everybody in lodge what a great mason I was, and I felt like such a phony. I felt like an absolute fraud that I, I just had to start coming back, and that's how I got coming back, and I've been coming back ever since. Well, but you were out there as a mason serving the community. I mean... You weren't a fraud. I, I, I hear a lot of guys say that they're very humble. Masons in general, I find, are very humble men. Right? And they don't, you know, we don't look for the honors or seek the honors. Um, but the fact that you were involved with the Marine Corps League says a lot about, about who you were. Well, I'm very proud of being a Mason. It's, it's, a, it's a good choice. Uh, I, when I think of brotherly love, I think of one example. The first thing that comes to my mind, when the, just before, just before we merged, uh, Paradise Valley 61 had a busload of Brother Masons from Tijuana, Mexico. They came all the way across the country. <clears throat> and here, and we don't get along with that country so well politically. Uh, not that there's any real nasty feelings, but I mean, you'd think we'd be kind of distanced. These brothers, a whole busload of them came all the way over here. They did one of their, they did their first degree right here in Lodge, and they had a guy, an interpreter, changing Spanish to English so we could hear it. And what was so neat about it, it within, here's these guys from another country, and in 15 minutes, honest, I felt like I had gone to high school with them. It was a neat feeling. And it's the first thing I think of when, we, when I think of camaraderie and brotherhood. So why why did you join? When those guys came back, you had looked into masonry. You were you had a little bit of a chip on your shoulder over your father. Then you had a little chip over you on your shoulder about being a bar owner and not being able to join. So what kept you interested? Why didn't you just say, forget you guys, I'm done with you? I don't know. I always, I always knew masonry was a good thing. I can remember as a little kid, Growing up, even though I was bitter about my dad leaving, our our minister was a was a mason. And believe it or not, as a thirteen year old kid, I'd, I'd be at the communion meal and I'd see that masonic ring almost right in my face. And it it just I always associated it with with something good and positive and trustworthy. So you've been in 40-plus years now. Um, what is it that keeps you, and you came back after 25 years after being gone. Uh, 20. 20, I'm sorry, 20. It's bad enough. Can you, can you name some of the brothers maybe that that stand out to you as good men who maybe embody the ideals in Freemasonry think about? Uh, 90% of them. You know, almost anybody. Sometimes it's hard to... Sometimes it's hard to bring out, but it's there. Uh, I know one of the guys named Jimmy Hamilton. He was—he's another brother. He's a well. 
as a Marine and a Mason, we like to refer to ourselves as Mason Jars. Mason Jars. <laughs> well, I, you probably heard the expression jarhead. Yep. It's a slang for Marine. But we call ourselves Mason Jars. Anyway, this one fellow used to come in my tavern every week after lodge, and he never pressured me, but he every for years, and he said, why don't you come back? I'd love to see it. And he, he never tried to jam it down my throat, but he always reminded me that I was welcome. And eventually it paid off. I came back, and I'm glad I did. And any brothers that you spent a lot of time with that are, are gone now you want to remember or mention? Well, John Carson was an old gentleman that physically raised me as a Mason. Oh. And the... Just almost everyone that I that I ever knew that had that wore that ring is something special. In fact, I, I've had this experience over and over and over again. One of the reasons that drew me to masonry. There's so I'm I'm not. You probably had the same experience. You you meet somebody and the first time you meet them, you have confidence in them. You feel you have this gut feeling you can trust them. And maybe five years later, you find out he's a Mason, or three years later, and this happened to me over and over and over again. And that told me something about the fraternity. It happened too many times to be just a coincidence, you know. Any, any have you traveled much to other lodges? I went to England once. To the Universal Grand Lodge, the, the Grand Lodge of England? Uh, a little group from, from our lodge here went over about a dozen of us. And it, it was... Oh, with Brian Cooper Keeble. Right. Okay. Brian Cooper Keeble and C.J. Smith was with us. He's not with us anymore. He's deceased. And there was... Jim May was with us. Jim May. Okay. And Jim... You asked me before for somebody that really impressed me. There's a guy that's if I ever have any doubt or question, I know that Jim May knows the answer. And in in England, you should have heard him. He such a credit to masonry in general and to this country in particular. He made American masonry look and he just made a good impression. I just I was very proud to be with him. You guys went over there and performed a degree, right? Yeah, it was like a an old Western degree, I forget what it is. Colonial degree, or no, it was just like a cowboy thing. We were allowed to wear cowboy hats, and I wore sheriff's pads, and we carried little. It was just a fun thing. <laughs> and the, the British, they, they, it's, you know, they're not stuffy. They got a great sense of humor, and they, they loved it. They loved it. That's cool. <laughs> that was a long time ago, but it was nice. Any other? Any other things you can think of, stories you want to tell about either events or charities you've been involved in or anything you can think of? Well, I guess my the one of the things I love doing, I've been volunteering at the VA Medical Center here in Phoenix for 41 years. And that's just, I meet a lot of Masons through there. And that's just, I don't know, that's just something I like doing. But it's not really tied in with masonry, but I feel like I'm doing a Masonic, Masonic type of work. Job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Any any closing thoughts or anything else you want to share about masonry in general, or just that I love it. I'm very proud of it, and I hope I can live up to everything it stands for. All right, Eddie. Well, thanks for taking time to talk to me okay. today. Okay, thank you. I'm flattered. <laughs>